some things shouldn't be transparent, like stop signs. But what you pay for should always be clear, like Hiller's true transparency pricing, always clearly itemized and never any hidden fees. Because you have the right to know what you're paying for. For more information, visit happyhiller.com slash true transparency pricing. Happy you'll be of the services free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. This is the Strike Zone Podcast. Hit well out towards right field. This one climbing at altitude. This one is gone. With news and notes from around Major League Baseball. Baez drives one in the air down the line and left. It's got a chance. Gone. Rounding the bases with the hottest topics from all 30 teams. Swung on, drilled to deep right. It is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a three-run home run for the Santino. And here's your host, Will Bowling. Back at it once again. This is the Strike Zone Podcast on the 104.5 The Zone Podcast Network. Glad to have you back with us. It's been an eventful fall. Football is here. Hockey starts tonight. But more importantly, and perhaps most importantly, it is time for playoff baseball in the ALDS and NLDS. My name is Will Bowling, your host here on the Strike Zone Podcast, where we talk baseball on the 104.5 The Zone Podcast Network. It's time to start ramping up the baseball discussion again, right? It's been a busy couple of weeks for us. Short break for the Strike Zone podcast. But here we are with the NLDS starting this afternoon. The Atlanta Braves, the St. Louis Cardinals getting started here as we record this early on a Thursday afternoon. They will begin play in just over an hour. Very exciting. We're going to preview that series. We're going to preview everything that you need to know I'm going to give you my three big series to watch here on the Strike Zone podcast. Whether you're a neutral baseball fan, a Braves fan, Cardinals fan, you name it. We're going to get you educated on the three big series to watch for in the playoffs this week. So if you're new to the show, we do it like a baseball game. We'll start with the opener, one big topic in the heart of the order. And then we'll go into the stretch and finish things up from there. Our opener topic today and opening the Major League playoffs, the wild card games. What a game it was on Tuesday night. The youngster, Juan Soto, getting the win for the Washington Nationals over the Milwaukee Brewers. First of all, you've got to credit the Milwaukee Brewers for just making it, right? I mean, they absolutely winning 17 of 19 at one point, had an incredible ending to their season without their star Christian Yelich, who broke his kneecap on a foul ball, uh, unfortunately, in the latter stage of the stages of the season. The Tampa Bay Rays on Wednesday night, they get the win over the Oakland Athletics on the road. They didn't even need their ace, Blake Snell, to take the ball and get the start. So they save him for game one against Houston where he will match up with Justin Verlander. Both exceptional teams, the Rays and Nationals. These are the two teams I expected to advance based on the projections I did doing the bracket challenge on MLB.com. 
but they get the job done in opposite ways. The Rays, it's incredible, the kind of the, the, I guess, diversity in the way these two teams play the game of baseball. The Rays have the best bullpen in the game. The Nationals have the worst bullpen in the game. I mean, literally from 1st to 30th, those are your two wild card winners. And you see them winning games in different ways with the late-inning theatrics. Juan Soto, a two-run double, helped by the error from Brewers right fielder Trent Grisham as he cements himself into Nationals legend. Blake Snell, he was going to come out of the bullpen last night for Tampa Bay. Didn't get the start, which was smart for the Rays and the way they made their lineup card and made their rotation going into the first couple of weeks. But I think Tampa Bay can make things interesting with Houston just because they they do have the best bullpen in the game right now. They're very deep. And when the Astros have lost, and it's not been often, it's often been because of that bullpen and giving up late leads. Meanwhile, for the Nationals, and we'll get in this in our heart of the order topic here in a couple of minutes, I mean, their bullpen is atrocious. And credit Dave Martinez for putting in Steven Strasburg to relieve the start of Max Scherzer the other night. Genius move. Scherzer, who gave up a couple of home runs in the first two innings, looked more vulnerable than he's ever looked on that stage. And he's still, this is crazy to me, Max Scherzer has still not won a home playoff game as a member of the Washington Nationals. He doesn't have a win in the playoffs. Strasburg, on the other hand, had never come out of the bullpen in his career with Washington, and he's the hero. So that's certainly a, a great start to the 2019 Major League Baseball postseason. And we've spoken on this show at length before about the benefits of a best two out of three series and and what that would do for baseball. But I got to say, I'm sitting there watching on Tuesday night. It's pretty good. Okay, it's it's dramatic. It's edge of your seat, which baseball needs more of. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, if this was a best two out of three series with the Milwaukee Brewers and the Washington Nationals, I probably wouldn't be watching right now. You know? I was engaged because of the drama, because of the intensity in that moment of this being the 163rd game of your season. And if you lose it, the other 162 do not mean a thing anymore. The, fi- the finality of that, the abruptness of how quickly it's just like that. It's a hard pill to swallow, but I'm not sure there's really another way around it other than adding... A couple more teams to the postseason. Into our heart of the order. I've got three series I'm keeping an eye on, and you might be doing the math saying, okay, so you're watching all but one. Yeah, that's a fair way to put it. (laughs) Let's go ahead and say this. The Houston Astros are the best team in baseball. In fact, I was just talking with Brad Willis and Paul Kaharski before coming in here to record this, about how incredible it is that every single member of the media working for The Athletic, um, I think it was most of ESPN.com's analysts, 
are overwhelmingly going with the Houston Astros to win the World Series. Nor can you blame them. Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander are one and two in Major League Baseball in strikeouts. Garrett Cole is going to win the Cy Young in the American League, where he'll then earn a huge pay raise this offseason, where he'll hit free agency. But this team, the way it's currently constructed, with Justin Verlander pitching game one, the Cy Young winner, Garrett Cole pitching game two, and Zach Grinke pitching game three, that is as strong of a postseason rotation as there has been in recent memory in Major League Baseball. I mean, it's, it is hard to find much better. You think of Philadelphia's old rotations, Roy Halladay, Cliff Lee, right? Those are some really good lo- rotations. Think of the San Francisco Giants, Ryan Vogelsong, Tim Lincecum, Matt Cain. They also had Madison Bumgarner added into that rotation at one point. That was a really, really good rotation. This Houston rotation is is out of this world good. And then you factor in the fact that they might have the best lineup in baseball. Alex Bregman is a monster at third base. Carlos Correa, George Springer. I mean, the list goes on and on about how well they have been able to build a core and continue to build off of that. Carlos Correa expected to play in the ALDS opener, according to reports yesterday. So, all that being said, I'm not interested in the Astros steamrolling the Tampa Bay Rays. First to my interest level, the Atlanta Braves and the St. Louis Cardinals. That one beginning here this afternoon at 4 o'clock Central Time here in Nashville. Jack Flaherty. If you don't know that name, you should. He leads baseball with a 0.95 earned run average since the All-Star break. Posted a 6.33 ERA. And that's Adam Wainwright. He's returned in the second half with some fantastic performances at home, albeit not in the last appearance against the Chicago Cubs. But a 2.44 ERA at home in the second half of the season. Wainwright is going to start game three against 22-year-old Mike Soroka. Braves are going to use their ace in that third contest. And Soroka is a guy who has a 155 earned run average on the road this season. That leads Major League Baseball. Here's where things get tricky, though, for St. Louis. They are 41 and 40 away from home, just one game over 500. Meanwhile, the Atlanta Braves, 50 and 31 at home. No other pitcher, by the way, has an ERA below 2.3 on the road. Mike Soroka at 155, and he's 22 years old. I mean, it's stupid. Braves won 28 one-run games this season, going 13 games over 500 in one-run contests, which is easily the highest mark among all postseason teams. And now Atlanta has a bullpen that can keep a one-run lead, or keep them in a game when it's tied or down one for an offense that is as dramatic and leaves it as late as anybody in baseball to continue to do work. From ESPN, the Braves lineup is impressively top-heavy. They write that they have four of the top 35 hitters in baseball, according to baseball reference. Their fifth best hitter in wins above replacement ranks 
228th. So the top four for Atlanta, Ronald Acuna, Ozzy Albies, Freddie Freeman, and Josh Donaldson is the best front four in a lineup in baseball right now. And if those four guys show up, Acuna and Freeman have both had injury issues. Okay, if those two guys are healthy and are playing the way they have for most of the second half of the season, the Braves will likely win this series in four games, maybe three, given the way they're backloading Soroka. Because if Atlanta wins both games at home, it's danger time for St. Louis. Because I'm betting on Mike Soroka. As good as he has been and how poised and confident he's been on the road this year, I'm betting on him against an Adam Wainwright who stumbled down the stretch with two terrible starts at Bush Stadium to finish the 2019 regular season. But 28 one-run games, and the metrics show that in the postseason you throw out a lot of statistics, right? You, you kind of get rid of the... The, the sabermetrics, the analytics, the trends. But postseason baseball has proven in, uh, I'd say, a, a pretty good correlation that when you have dudes, when you've got superstars in your lineup, superstars in your rotation, superstars win playoff series in professional baseball. I think Atlanta has more firepower in its lineup with that front four. And you talk about four superstars. Acuna, who's who, who would have had a 40-40 season had he not had an injury in the last week of the year. Ozzie Albies, who led the NL in hits, was tied for the NL League in hits late in the season. Freddie Freeman, who had 121 RBIs and is going to probably finish third in MVP voting. And Josh Donaldson, who... Hits 37 home runs and gets just shy of 100 RBIs, despite the fact that the first two months of his season were atrocious. I think that part of the lineup, the same lineup that on August 6th against the Twins, had 11 hits, scored 10 runs, driving in eight, and consecutively hit for the cycle and stole two bases. I think that top four is enough for Atlanta to win, and I'm going to say in four. They're going to get Dallas Keuchel back in game four of that series. Uh, and Max Freed, uh, I'll throw this in there too, a guy who won 17 games this year. I think Max Freed out of the bullpen is the X factor, right? His ability to eat up innings is going to make a big difference. And Max Freed is a guy that stumbled down the stretch and had a really bad run of games there in the month of September. So he didn't earn a, a rotation spot. But having him out of the bullpen, a lefty with that kind of arm action, a lefty that can hit 96, 97, but also slow it down with a 78-mile-an-hour hook, I think he's the X factor in this series. Yankees and Twins. Man, this is going to be a good one. If you love power hitting, if you love the new age of baseball, this is the series for you. And, And I'll tell anybody that's watching or supporting a team that didn't make the postseason this year as a neutral, this is the series that you want to watch. And it'll start with one big name for Minnesota. And it's crazy that this guy continues to do it. Nelson Cruz. He has 16 home runs 
in his last 41 games. The Twins, who will be playing in the bandbox that is Yankee Stadium, have the highest fly ball rate in baseball and became the first ever team to hit 300 homers in a season this past year. They're aggressive. They have the lowest pitches per plate appearance among playoff teams. And they've got a catcher with an extraordinary home run rate and zero career steals that leads off in Mitch Garver. The thought of the team with the single-season home runs record in the history of the game playing at Yankee Stadium, where the Twins already have the best road record in baseball, I think if I'm a Yankees fan, I'm a little worried. Aaron Boone is expected to use his deep bullpen instead of keeping starters out there for very long. And it's reported that James Paxton, one of the trio of Yankee starters that will get the ball, is probably the only one they'll use traditionally. I don't think you can win a playoff series against such a deep and horrifying offense such as Minnesota with only one traditional starting pitcher. New York's rotation was 17th in baseball with a wins above replacement of 10.6. It's not very good. Especially when you bring in the fact that only 10 teams make the postseason. That's a very below average mark when it comes to postseason teams. The Twins, on the other hand, were 7th. A good, not great rotation. Jose Barrios has electric stuff. He's a star. But I don't think healthy and with their best rotation out there that the Yankees even have an answer for Jose Barrios. You have to hope you get to him early and make it a battle of bullpens because the Yankees are going to win a lot of battles of bullpens. Now, if the Yankees get some starts, they're going to be really good. Their bullpen is second in baseball behind Tampa Bay, striking out over 10 batters per nine innings. If the Yankees get just a couple of good starts from their rotation, it's a deep and scary bullpen with Adam Odovino, with Aroldis Chapman. I'll take the Twins in five games, getting the win at Yankee Stadium in game five to close that one out. Then we head to the wild card winners in the National League. The Nationals and the Dodgers. L.A. has not played a meaningful game, I'd say, since July. I mean, they have been coasting for a, for a good while now. How do they respond to playing a meaningful baseball game for the first time in months? That's my question for them. Meanwhile, my question for the Washington Nationals, how do you bounce back from using your number one and number two pitchers in a dramatic win on Tuesday night to then throwing in game one, I guess, Patrick Corbin? on a Thursday night on the West Coast. Back in 2016, the Dodgers won a thrilling NLDS over the Nationals. All three of their wins were by one run, including Game 5 in Washington. L.A. allows the fewest walks and the fewest home runs to opposing batters. Hyunjin Ryu is the best pitcher in baseball right now. Clayton Kershaw's been there, done that. Walker Bueller will certainly make a big impact for this rotation, as will Rich Hill if he's healthy and can go. And it's the deepest lineup in the National League. I mean, the Dodgers, it is so hard to find a hole in what they do 
other than Kenley Jansen, who's been bad closing the ninth inning. The Dodgers had 13 pitchers throw at least 25 innings with a better-than-average ERA. 11 hitters bat at least 150 times with an above-average OPS. Oh, yeah, and Clayton Kershaw still has a 2.95 ERA since the All-Star break. Now, the Nationals have the rotation to make this really interesting. But I don't think it's going to matter given the late theatrics that L.A. has lived on all season against a really bad Washington Nationals bullpen that we discussed in the first segment of this show. Without Scherzer throwing game one, I think the Los Angeles Dodgers might be able, might be able to sweep the Washington Nationals. They led baseball with 12 walk-off wins last year, and they lead Major League Baseball in on-base percentage after the ninth inning, or after the seventh inning, excuse me. This is a Dodgers team that gets better as the game progresses, very similarly to the way the Braves get better as the game goes on, like we discussed in that series. I think it's a terrible matchup for a Nationals team that's relying on Daniel Hudson and Sean Doolittle to close baseball games. I'll take the Dodgers in three, but I'm interested to see how the Nationals respond from Tuesday night. That's always the interesting thing is, does a team have more momentum and more confidence? Or are they exhausted and drained? We'll find out tonight. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Into the stretch here on the Strike Zone podcast. Glad you decided to join us. Hope you're enjoying getting ready for a playoff game, watching a playoff game, whatever you might be doing. It's certainly a fun time to be watching baseball. Best time of the year. This is an underrated time in the sports calendar. I was talking about that on my Tennessee podcast on our 104.5 podcast network with Ben McKee, who joined me on that show. Man, I'll tell you what. This is an underrated time of year for a sports fan. It's really, really good. So I'm going to put on my Braves hat for a moment. Mike Soroka should be the National League Rookie of the Year instead of Pete Alonso. Yes, Pete Alonso had a great season. Yes, he is the home run king in the major leagues this year. But Pete Alonso also is playing with a juiced baseball. And I get it. I I got the tweet the other day saying, you know what? Everybody's playing with the same ball. He's still leading baseball. It's got to count for something. It, It certainly does. That should also count more for Mike Soroka. Because Mike Soroka gave up four home runs away from SunTrust Park in the entirety of the 2019 season. Mike Soroka led baseball with a 1.55 earned run average on the road this year. It had a 2.68 ERA for the entire season. Mike Soroka just put up historically good numbers in a year where hitters are hitting more home runs than they ever have in the history of the game of baseball. So if you're trying to calculate where Mike Soroka's earned run average would have been without a juiced baseball, it's probably in the low twos. It's probably 2-2 to 2-4, right? 
Alonzo was the home run king, but give credit to Mike Soroka for putting up the numbers he did, despite the fact that the baseball was flying the way that it did for the entire season. That was our first ever Strike Zone podcast, was talking about the juiced baseball and how home run numbers are up. If you're a power hitter in 2019 and you did not hit a career high for home runs, it's probably time to take up some other hobby. It's, it's probably time to hang up the cleats. It seems like every team in the game had a new record for home runs this year. So that's my soapbox. Give it to Mike Soroka. He deserves it. That's going to do it for this episode of the Strike Zone podcast. This is episode number 12. Reminder, again, if you're finding us on the Zone podcast feed, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, we also have our own feed. You can search the Strike Zone podcast on Apple, on Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. You'll find us there. We'll bring you baseball content all postseason. But enjoy the games tonight. Enjoy the most wonderful time of the year. It's playoff baseball. It's going to be good. And we'll talk to you next time on the Strike Zone.